This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. This BFM Budget 2024 special is brought to you by Marsing. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Enterprise BizBytes. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm joined in the studio this afternoon by... Roshan Kennison. Well, it's been a very long week, folks. And <laughs> first and foremost, uh, for those of you that did manage to join us yesterday at Enterprise Breakaway, we want to say a big thank you very much for that. It was a long day, but... Uh, yeah, great day to see some uh, familiar faces and some new faces, of course, uh, we learned throughout the day that around 80% of attendees yesterday were new people for the Enterprise Breakaway. Fantastic. Now, uh, of course, um, last Friday, the 13th of October, the Prime Minister and the Finance Minister, uh, Anwar Ibrahim, of course, unveiled Malaysia's National Budget 2024 with a total allocation of 393.8 billion ringgit. We've been saying this for a few days, right? Yes. Now, over the past few days, as I've mentioned, we've been breaking down the full report and what it means to businesses, startups and SMEs. Uh, and today we're going to be focusing on what the budget has in store for Malaysia's arts and festival sector. Now for some context, we've covered quite a few areas already this week. We started the week off by looking at the broad strokes in relation to the business community. On Tuesday, we dived into dig- digitalization initiatives, which continue to be a big push uh, by the government. On Wednesday, we focused on SMEs and initiatives for them, including funding and financing, among many other things. And yesterday, I spoke with Doc Siva of Scale Malaysia about uh, what the budget has in store for startups, for the Sunicons out there, and whether it hits the mark for the startup ecosystem. All this and more obviously available on the BFM website, that's bfm.my or the BFM app under Enterprise BizBytes. That's the show you want to be looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not just yet though, you want to be sticking around and listening to us for this moment. We do, and if you have any thoughts going through uh, today's show, you can get us on our U-Mobile WhatsApp number 018-789-8899 or you can of course tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, today we are going to be exploring, as we mentioned, uh, what the budget has in store for Malaysia's arts and festival sector. And to digest that, we're going to be joined in the studio with Rizal Kamal. He's the president of Arts Live Festival and Events Association. Al, uh, live. Rizal, thank you very much for joining us. Thank, thank you for having me, Richard. Thank you uh, for having me, Roshan. Um, it's, uh, it's been a while since I've seen you. Um, yeah, I usually bring my artists uh, to, <laughs> to BFM, uh, but, but uh, not myself. <laughs> you, you've been a busy boy recently, haven't you? You've got lots of stuff happening recently. It's been a fantastic year uh, for uh, my company. Uh, in, we've toured uh, and done shows uh, with artists in over 16 uh, cities wow. uh, this year. Yeah. And it's, it's been, um, in revenue-wise, it's been one of our biggest year. Has it really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's great news. Now, Rich, that calls for an open for business at some I was, point. Do you know what? We were just talking about that outside just a few moments ago. Now, um, Rizal, I, I guess, you know, to kind of uh, kick us off, what are your to, uh, top two key insights, I guess, from Budget 2024 announcement? And, and did the announcement hit some of your expectations, particularly when it comes to you know arts and the performance industry? I think most of all, uh, we're very happy that the uh, entertainment tax uh, is now at 0% for local artists and 10% for international artists. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that's um, something that we've lobbied in, uh, lobbied for uh, over uh, many, many years. Yeah. Um, and um, what people don't know uh, is that the industry, the arts uh, performance industry, have not been paying tax, entertainment tax, for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, in 2014, we were given a tax uh, exemption uh, because of Visit Malaysia Year. 2015, 16, uh, until 18, 
um, it was during the dear time that we had GST. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> and during GST, um, entertainment tax was zero rise uh, as well for our industry. In 2019, we also got uh, exemption for entertainment tax. 2021, <laughs> 2021, okay, we know what happened. You know, the, the pandemic came and there was no activity anyway. Um, uh, 22, we had uh, as part of the uh, uh, pandemic package, uh, we were also given um, exemption. Then it came to 2023. Mm. And what happened in 2023 was that because we had a change in government around, I think, uh, September, October uh, last year, this part was overlooked. Mm. So we did not have any exemption. So the uh, the default of entertainment tax in Wilayah Pesketuan and many other uh, states actually is 25%. Oof. Wow. Uh-huh, 25%. So this year, although there's a lot of concerts uh, and shows happening, there were some, not all, uh, because everyone's still a little bit confused about what, what, what the state of entertainment tax is. Um, some shows were asked to pay 25%. And as an industry, we were a little bit shocked. Like, what? <laughs> Where did this 25% come from? We've zero for so long and now it's, <laughs> suddenly it's 25%. It's suddenly 25%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, we checked the, uh, the bylaw uh, whether this is correct um, and it's on the Entertainment Act 1953 um, revised uh, in Day One Right Yet uh, to set the 25% in 2001 and last revised in 2006. Mm. Um, so... <clears throat> It's there. It's there. The law is there. But because the industry cannot accept 25% tax, you know, it would just kill the industry. Yeah. I think over the years, the government just decided like, yeah, this this doesn't work. Let's just, you know, uh, zero-rise it uh, until we figure things out. Um, until I think we only managed to figure things out this time around. Mm. <laughs> I guess that's the 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 cons- uh, constraint when you're doing something zero-rise as opposed to it constantly being, you know, every year it's an active decision to, okay, we're going to keep it zero-rise, we're going to keep it zero-rise as opposed to uh, saying having a standard rule. So if the default is for some areas it's 25% and someone um, maybe doesn't take that into consideration in the last budget, then it, I guess it comes back up to, uh, it becomes a bit of a shock for everyone as you have experienced. So mm-hmm. that was one key part of the, the budget on your part, the entertainment tax. Was there anything else that caught your attention, Rizal? I think the uh, the amount that, uh, that will be given to the uh, creative industry at $160 million mm-hmm. um, is uh, very uh, encouraging. Mm. Um, a lot of it uh, goes to film. So, you know, we really hope that the film industry <laughs> will be able to build itself. Um, currently, we have uh, Datuk Kamil yeah. uh, in finance. Kamil so, Osman, right? Yeah, yeah, Kamil Osman. And I know Datuk Kamil very well. Mm. Uh, and he's a real film guy. Um, he has a mission. He has a mission uh, to do something really uh, special for the industry um, because he was the finance uh, CEO before. Um, so the $60 million, uh, going to film industry, I hope, let's, let's be truthful, It wasn't uh, done well before. Um, so I hope with Dr. Kamil at the helm, uh, it will be spent mm-hmm. uh, well. And uh, as well, you know, the the uh, parts that goes to MDAC uh, in, in terms of uh, the uh, animation um, and uh, my creative as well uh, under uh, Zai Johari. Mm. Uh, and she's, she's amazing. She's an amazing person. Uh, I hope uh, she's not too overwhelmed. 
Um, <laughs> she, she's been saying, oh, it's, it's tough. Uh, it, it's tough. Uh, I think it's only her second month uh, in my creative. Uh, but, you know, with the injection of uh, the 10 million, um, and it's a matching grant, mm. um, which is, for me, the, uh, the best format uh, for, for a grant uh, mm. because it's not just giving free money. You know, they they, every, uh, they have to come uh, 50-50 uh, with the, the industry. Mm, mm. Yeah, and skin in the game and it's very fair. And, you know, we usually with the matching grant, you won't have uh, much uh, hanky-panky yeah, rather than the full grant. Mm. So I think it's a very positive uh, budget yeah. for the industry. Okay. What about the live performance side of things? Because this also is, is, is encompassed in that, right? Yeah. So the, the funding is going to that. How do you, I guess, hope the money will be deployed so the, uh, there's two parts in the uh, for the live uh, performance industry, uh, and that that the two parts of the budget that will affect uh, the industry. Number one is uh, the DKD music, mm. DKD music, um, which goes uh, under. I think it should go under KKD, uh, the Communicasi Digital, and then there is another part uh, which goes under Motec. Okay, I think it should be aligned uh, because it's not necessary to have two different bodies doing very similar things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I think uh, Motec should focus a lot more on the international side uh, of uh, uh, promotions uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to even doing uh, live shows. The focus must be to bring in tourists. Mm. Um, and the development side uh, should come uh, from uh, my creative. See, the, uh, my creative funding for uh, DKD is Dana Kandungan Digital, which means that it has to have a digital output. With digi- the digital output, um, so if someone uh, we propose, okay, let's do a concert. We'll do a concert, uh, and at the end of the concert, there must be a recording uh, of the concert, uh, and it's, of course, it's, it's in digital format. So that's sort of like the output for uh, DKD. Um, so what happens after that? You know, there must be a thought of what happens to all the recording of these uh, concerts. Mm. Uh-huh. Because that's the goal and that's the output. So if it's just archived, uh, then there, there is really, you know... Uh, money is not really Money is not really spent, uh, done well. Although the, the uh, concert happens and does uh, better because there is some funding. Um, but the end result that, uh, that recording can be used in so many ways. Mm. Yeah, for example, I'll just give you two examples. Uh, number one is it's broken down um, into parts and then posted on social media yeah. so the artist will get uh, more recognition yeah. uh, and so forth. Or maybe the government could buy uh, that or license it to the government in RTM or TV1 and whatnot and have sort of like a concert uh, program at. Um, so that recording is also being used over and over again rather than right now um, there is an output and we don't see the output anywhere yeah. Yeah. there's no digital product at the end of that at the end of okay. that yeah. hold that thought Rizal we need to take a short break uh, folks here on Enterprise Biz Bites today we're exploring what the budget has in store for Malaysia's arts and festival sector and to digest that of course here in the studio with us it is Rizal Kamal the president of Arts Live Festival and Events Association Alive we're going to take a short break when we come back I think uh, Rizal I want to pick your brains out as to where we are currently uh, the current state of affairs in the arts and, and performance industry where we are right now in terms of a business standpoint. Uh, And we will touch on that thing that you mentioned earlier on about the 0% tax on stage performances. Uh, I want to pick up on that as well. Let's take a short break. Um, Some ads coming up, and I think we've got some music coming up. Is it Coldplay? 
It is Coldplay with Shiver. Well, there we go. We'll the temperature right. in the room. Right now, yes, indeed. <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages here on BFM 89.9. Stay tuned to BFM's Budget 2024 special, brought to you by Marsing. Backing feminist movements. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This BFM Budget 2024 special is brought to you by Marsing. Welcome back to Enterprise BizBytes. It is Friday, the 20th of October, 12.23 here in the studio. It's me, Rich Bradbury, with... Roshan Kennison. Uh, today, we're discussing uh, what the budget has in store for Malaysia's arts and festival sector. And, uh, of course, here in the studio with us is Arizal Kamal, the president of Arts uh, Live Festivals and Events Association, Alive. Uh, Rizal, just before the break, uh, we were speaking about the 160 million ringgit and how that's been allocated, and, and we kind of explored that a little bit. But I, I kind of want to just... Rewind, I guess, a little bit and talk about the current state of affairs uh, of the arts and, and performance industry from a business standpoint. And what, are, what would you say are some of the current gaps in that sector? <clears throat> I think we have a lot of uh, fantastic creative people uh, in Malaysia. Um, you know, we, we, we have um, great stage productions. Um, I saw a stage production called uh, Sakti uh, recently, and it was it was brilliant. And it was just uh, it had a three show run uh, for something that fantastic. It should she should be have having at least a two weeks or a month run, and people should go see it because mm. it's so uh, well built and um, the production was good. Mm. It, it was entertaining to, uh, throughout. Um, so. Since we have all these uh, creative people and creative products, um, we are, I feel that we are still underutilizing or under um, uh, promoting um, the, uh, the, all the great things that are being produced uh, in Malaysia. Mm. And a lot of things are of uh, quite high, uh, pretty high standard. Um, in terms of uh, the production, capabilities as well. Uh, we have some of the best equipments in the region. Um, we have the uh, bigger supplier of uh, K2, uh, L Acoustics, sorry, uh, L Acoustics uh, speakers, which is one of the best speakers in the world. Mm. And the uh, main supplier is a Malaysian. Mm. He supplies to Southeast Asia. And the amount of uh, L2 Acoustics uh, speakers that we have in Malaysia is <laughs> the most compared to uh, others in the region. So we have producers, uh, we, ha we, we, we have the equipment, uh, we have great venues, um, but we are not fully utilizing them. Mm. Um, everything is underutilized. So the budget or the money that comes in um, must look at this gap um, of uh, uh, being able to... <clears throat> Um, where Malaysia can produce great creative things and we need people to, in Malaysia to support and uh, love it. And also we need uh, the world to know that we have great creative products. You mentioned uh, venues there. Um, there have been calls for local art spaces and uh, non-profit organizations like the Kuala Lumpur Performing Arts Center, or more commonly known as KLPAC, mm. to receive more funds for maintenance and repair work. Um, Rizal, maybe tell us a little bit about the importance in striking a balance between the distribution of these funds, not just for producing shows and events, but also maintaining the quality of these venues. I mean, KLPAC is... Uh um, an amazing institution. It's it should be part of our heritage. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. is the, the buildings beautiful? The space 
uh, is fantastic, you know. Um, and I've been to a lot of uh, theatres and spaces, uh, theatre performance spaces around the world. Mm. Um, and I would put KL Pack as one of the most uh, unique uh, spaces. Yeah. I uh, saw Jabat there fairly recently as well. Uh-huh. It was great. Um, but I th- uh, the, the thing about KL Pack uh, is they are sometimes a little bit too um, artistic. You know, they produce a lot of artistic things. Um, for me, um, art and commercialization mm. uh, must come hand in hand. Um, when you're too purely artistic, sometimes you are not able to build. So the goal of uh, KL Pack um, should be to just rip, yeah, you know, there are some problems uh, in terms of the infrastructure. Should just repair and uh, put it to a certain standard, um, and find ways to have it sustainable, self-sustainable. Mm. Um, because over the years, they have de- uh, dependent; uh, they are very dependent on outside funding. Um, but that gap uh, needs to be uh, closed. Are you uh, suggesting they should put? Concerts on and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the infrastructure right now is not so suitable, but you know, a little bit of invest uh, with a bit of a tweak, a little bit of tweak, a little bit of investment. Uh, you know, it's a great place for festivals. Mm. Um, uh, there is a festival ground uh, in Montreal, and out of like fifty-two weeks in a year, they have uh, they are filled with festival about forty weeks. Wow. Yeah. And the place is just fantastically built for festivals. <laughs> and um, I think KLPAC can be the same. We can; They should have festivals at least twice uh, a month. Um, so that way, you know, the, uh, fully utilize the entire venue uh, and have volumes and volumes of people uh, come in. And like you say, it, it's the kind of space that appeals to people to want to go there. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. a beautiful space. You have festivals there. People will go. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they will be able to raise that kind of money. Yeah. Why, why do you think then that, that maybe they're not so receptive to this idea? They are, they are definitely open uh, and very receptive. It's just that they are, you know, when you, you, you're, you're just above water, mm. uh, it's difficult for you to like swim anywhere you want. When mm. you're in survival mode, it's just about thinking about the next step as opposed to what's 10 steps mm. ahead. Yeah, and it's yeah. very, I think a lot of us went mm-hmm. through that in uh, 2020, mm. 2021. Yeah, especially. Um, yeah. Yeah. So until you settle down, it's really difficult to see. You, it's very hard to strategically plan when you're just you're trying to figure out how to put your food, next food after the other. Yeah. Um, so I guess, but the journey to commercialization, not just for KLPAC, for many venues like it, mm-hmm. not always the most straightforward path result. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about, I mean, some of the key steps here. I think it's just a matter of uh, uh, creating a venue that um, fits the demand. Mm-hmm. Megastar Arena, mm-hmm. uh, which is a new concert venue in Sungai uh, Wang. Um, before they were open, they were booked every weekend till the end of the year. Before they were open, people just saw the construction, saw the layout, uh, for, uh, saw the, um, uh, the the architect's vision, uh, architect's drawing, and they were like, "This is the place." Boom! Mm. Every weekend booked, and they sometimes have about three or four events a week. Mm. So that. It's getting the formula right. Mm. Uh, you build the right space, uh, and you know people will come uh, and and just do uh, events there. Mm. KLCC Plenary Hall is very difficult to get uh, the hall. It's you know the, I, I'm I'm trying to book September 2024, August <laughs> September. I can't get a space. So when you have the space right, uh, and you know what people uh, what pe- what kind of spaces people are looking for, 
and then people will come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, we mentioned it a little bit earlier on, this this 10% reduction uh, in entertainment duties for inter- international acts uh, and 5% reduction in entertainment duties for things like theme parks. This was also tabled in, in the, the, the uh, proposed budget. How do you think this affects the likelihood of, of bringing in international bands or, or, or concerts to perform in this country? We, we see this happen a lot, you know, and there's a lot of people frustrated that we're not getting some of the more international artists. Is this going to help at all, do you think? <laughs> okay. The, um, see, the thing is, right, uh, the, the first thing is um, throughout maybe about uh, three, to, two, three, three to six months of 2023, hmm. uh, international acts were like, is the tax really 25%? <laughs> uh, so that alone, uh, the uncertainty, uh, uh, they're going to come and they say, if you book me, do we have to take 25% out of the revenue? Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. or do we have to increase the price uh, by 25%? So this uncertainty has uh, c- uh, created, um, yeah, we'll just skip Malaysia. Just, just you, know, you guys sort out uh, your stuff, um, then we'll decide whether we want to come to Malaysia. Yeah, um, that's uh, one part. Is the uh, is the tax. Uh, the second part is the our regulations, mm. uh-huh. and what happened in 1975 mm. uh, caused a few artists to cancel their shows. And by that we mean the band, not the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So um, it's, it's just a matter of uh, getting to a. We are. I think now we are at a uh, stable. Uh, a stable, and because the tax uh, of zero and ten percent is set all the way to twenty twenty eight, we can plan at least till twenty twenty eight because we know exactly how the numbers are going to be. So, outside of incentives, this is goes to show policy clarity is really important for this kind of planning because a year to year kind of situation, uh, bands don't start planning you know this year for this year's concert they're looking to next year and beyond depending on how long the tours are going to be uh, so incentives are great uh, tax reductions are great but how important is policy clarity in making sure that we can bring in top uh, top tier uh, international artists because I mean the glaring fact is Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift skipped us completely you know <laughs> among other people I'm sure <laughs> but she took her glitter elsewhere right? <laughs> <laughs> hey the Taylor Swift economy is a big thing man it, it, it is, is it is yeah. Yeah. so yeah. talk to us about that in the ability the importance of policy clarity in attracting international artists oh, I mean you know it's it's so important um, because uh, artists are creative people and we have rock stars, we have gender fluid artists, <laughs> we have uh, art- artists who are confused about their sexuality. Uh, you know, we have all sorts uh, of artists and this is the nature of creative people. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you can't box them. You can't box them. You can't put too many rules uh, around them. And if they feel that they are threatened um, by a rule, They'll just skip the the country mm. because they've got there's so many choices, mm. you know. Especially when they were looking at twenty five percent tax on top of twenty five percent tax, um, because the the biggest market uh, is the American market. Mm. That's that's where the artist makes most money, and mm. then the second uh, will be probably uh, the European market. So they they target this uh, first. Whenever they start a tour, they'll go uh, to these places first, and then uh, next probably Australia. Australia is fantastic. So when they come to Australia, then have a look at Asia. Um, mm. And 
they'll allocate. Okay, um, let's cover two weeks um, in Malaysia. Um, and you know, okay, uh, sorry, two weeks in uh, Asia, Asia or Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. and then you know, okay, with these two weeks, we probably can do like you no know, three sh- uh, shows. Then they pick which uh, which city uh, is the best. So with clarity, and if, if we make uh, a Malaysia more welcome, you now we have to show that hey, you know, any artist come come to Malaysia, you know, just you know, just respect a little bit of our rules, which is fine. You no, know, a lot of artists can uh, respect certain. Um, restrictions uh, but just as long as you're not too strict or you know they're not afraid that if they break some rule where they don't understand they're going to go to jail mm. or previously um, they were afraid of uh, attacks whether it's from political parties or even terrorist attacks there was some a little bit of that uh, in Malaysia so that part we have to be clear that the show will be protected Yeah, if the artist wants to come here the permits are approved the artists uh, can do um, their show according to uh, the way they want with respect to the, our culture. And then, you know, everyone can just uh, enjoy themselves. Mm. Mm. Right. We need to take a short break, ladies and gents. Uh, we've got a few more questions for him just before we let him go. Of course, it is Rizal Kamal. He is with us here in the studio, breaking down what the budget has in store for Malaysia's arts and festival sector. Uh, of course, we are getting off kilter a little bit, but it's a nice chat and I'm enjoying it. Um, so we've got a little break coming no up. No entertainment tax on that, right? <laughs> no entertainment tax on that, of course. We'll be right back after these messages. But before we go, if you have anything you want to comment or get in touch with the show, Get us on our U-Mobile WhatsApp number, 018-789-8899. We're right back after these messages, BFM 89.9. Stay tuned to BFM's Budget 2024 special, brought to you by Marsing. Burning for more. BFM 89.9, the business station. This BFM Budget 2024 special is brought to you by Marsing. Welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. Of course, uh, Matt Bellamy from Muse there featuring Nina Simone's song. It doesn't get much better than that on a Friday afternoon. I right? sigh because I didn't realize they were performing in town. and I, I didn't. know. Sadness. Some of our former colleagues were there enjoying it and I was mm. seeing there. Anyway, in, enough about that. Uh, it's going to make us even more jealous. Now, of course, uh, we're into our final segment here on Enterprise Biz Bites. And of course, we have been covering the budget in depth throughout the uh, last week or so. And today's kind of um, the day when we're focusing on, you know, arts and, and festivals. And, and here with us in the studio is Rizal. Uh, of course, he is the president of Arts Live Festivals and Asso- uh, Events Association, uh, Alive. Um, Rizal, um, we spoke about the 10% reduction in entertainment duties. And um, one thing that I, I do want to speak about, though, is that to help elevate the arts, culture, language, and national literature, the government also proposed to allocate 50 million ringgit uh, to agencies with the potential to showcase the nation's artistic and, and literary works, um, enhancing heritage theatre performances and to promote the interest in reading great works amongst the youth, is what they've said. Do you think that that... Uh, and this is one of those questions that somebody <laughs> like you gets asked a lot. And I already know your answer, but I, I kind of want you to elaborate. You know, do you think that that budget is enough? And if not, which areas do you think that the government should prioritize uh, or, or focus on? <laughs> um, 
No pressure. I, I, <laughs> now, 50 million is a good, uh, solid amount of money. Um, it's just a matter of how will this 50 million uh, be used? Mm. And for me, I'm always a big believer of uh, com- like commercialization mm. uh, of uh, even arts uh, and heritage products. Because if it's there, it's nice to see, uh, it's nice to hold, but you know, what value does it bring back to the uh, economy, mm. especially? Um, because uh, one thing in Malaysia, our creative output, uh, our creative economy is only at about 2%. And the, the regional average is about 7 mm. So we are far behind in terms of, the crea- in terms of creative output. So if cultural her- heritage, if we can use back our assets of all uh, in order to uh, commercialize it, which means that we bring it into, uh, bring the old into uh, the current. Mm. Uh-huh. Um, like even like uh, uh, assets of uh, of Piramli, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many brilliant uh, movies and uh, uh, songs written and done. And now that the copyright is uh, ex- expired, actually yeah. 50 years after yeah. uh, his his death, nobody is really using these assets, although it's all there. To and still very build, popular. And still very popular to bring uh, uh, to bring commercial value into these assets. Uh, let me just share an example um, if, with the uh, French. Uh, the French has a program, uh, and they are promoting a show called uh, PF. And PF is the story of Edith, Edith PF. Uh, and this show is being brought to all over the world, and they've sold over a million tickets. And what they've done is... They've taken their heritage, uh, created uh, something special from it, and brought it all over the world. And it's a great cultural uh, output. Everyone learns about the French uh, past uh, of you know, uh, artistic uh, heritage. And so we have in Malaysia as well so many uh, of these uh, cultural uh, pr- uh, heritage products what can we do mm. to bring it out to the world? Mm. Mm. Uh, Rizal, you mentioned that there's a gap, right, between the, in terms of the economy, here we're 2% of, uh, of GDP, other nations comparatively around 7%. Um, a big part of this is also exporting culture products, as you've mentioned as well. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how do we close that gap more effectively um, uh, going forward? Yes, we've got good things in the budget now, but beyond the budget, you know, how do we, uh, how do we close that gap in terms of making the arts and life and uh, like arts and festivals culture uh, a bigger part of the economy? I think it's a matter of uh, producers and the government looking at the industry as a whole. Uh, a lot of the uh, funding is given to, let's say, uh, is given to a concert, and the concert uh, is being done once in KL, um, and then it. The, the product is gone. Um, <clears throat> the because in a concert uh, or any show, there is that development cost. When you've developed, you spend so much time writing it, uh, doing the graphics, uh, uh, arranging the music, uh, the, the songs, or even any theater production goes to the same process: writing, creating the graphics, creating the poster, uh, and marketing, and so mm. forth. And then when you just do one show, or you just do one run. Uh, I think it's it's a waste. People, what a lot of producers do, they just try 
to maximize the profit for one show because the funding given mm. is for one show. Mm, mm. So to change that approach is to be able to create a great product, use the money to employ, let's say, the best graphics people, uh, the uh, best music uh, uh, arrangers, producers, bring it and build a great product. Mm. And when you have a great product, have it in KL, then tour it. Mm. Go, we have uh, five big cities for at the minimum, Penang, JB, uh, Kuching, KK. And then the next step is bring it to Singapore. Mm. And then if you know, uh, find ways as well with this uh, support for us to be continuously do shows, let's say in Jakarta or Surabaya, um, you know, in terms of the regional uh, Malay uh, market uh, for uh, Bahasa products, these are the three markets mm. that you can actually bring the, the production to. Mm. And if you produce uh, something which is more international, then you can bring it uh, even further. Bring, bring it to Taiwan. Mm. Bring it to Australia. Uh-huh. Um, so this concept needs to be re-looked at. And when the funding uh, comes into uh, a production, make sure that to, to the way it's the production is built or the fund is uh, structured so that it enables the artist and the show to tour. Do we have time for any more questions or do we need to wrap up? We can go one more, okay. Richard, uh, uh, to you. Well, uh, and, and this is... Uh, <laughs> Out of my graciousness. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, kind sir. Yeah. I, I guess we've covered an awful lot on today's show. and But was there anything in that budget, you know, that... You, we haven't spoken about already that you, that you wanted to highlight. Um, <laughs> what is it uh, particularly? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I mean, well, well, we have covered plenty of ground. We, uh, we've covered an awful lot, and uh-huh. it, it 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 genuinely feels like the arts this time around has has been given a, a proper nod. You know, it's like okay, we we recognise it as an industry now. We, we're going to start working towards that right now. Do you see it over the next couple of years and receiving further funding and for it to be further recognised perhaps? Just, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, look, the uh, the entertainment tax uh, somehow is uh, all the way to 2028. And yeah. we all know what 2028 is, mm. which is uh, right at the point where the next election is. Yeah. So it seems like the government is planning uh, towards... Uh, you know, okay, you know, let's just do things uh, so far until our next election. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, they pushed uh, Visit Malaysia year from uh, 25 to 26. Oh, that's great as well. So the entire industry uh, has something to look forward to. Mm. Number one, um, let's build capacity so that by the time we have uh, Visit Malaysia year, which is in about two years' time, we have all these great products where we can pull uh, crowd uh, the uh, tourists outside of uh, Malaysia to enjoy uh, these concerts and shows uh, in Malaysia. And I'm not just talking about being able to bring big names uh, from outside because that will happen. Can we build certain products from here uh, to to a certain level that it can attract uh, an international audience? Mm, mm. Um, and coming to 2028, are we able to work out all the kinks, the issues, the, the suffering <laughs> that the, the, the industry have had over the past many, many years um, because of either corruption, inefficiency, 
or just a lack of interest uh, to the industry. Mm-hmm. So what I would ask for, for the people in industry and people in government is uh, to look at this industry uh, on a longer term, not on a year-to-year basis, on a longer term, and to craft regulation uh, and funding structure uh, to actually build towards something big, if it's not in 2026, up to 2028. Stability is what we're looking Stability, for. Stability, yeah. Right, we've got to wrap up. Ladies and gentlemen, Rizal, thank you so much for your time. Welcome. Always a pleasure hearing from you. Uh, ladies and gents, that's all the time that we have for today. Uh, we've been speaking, of course, with Rizal Kamal, the president of Arts Live Festival and Events Association, uh, Alive. Pleasure to have him on the show. And if you did miss any part of this uh, conversation, I highly recommend you get the podcast wherever you normally listen to it from. Get it, uh, get it from our website or get it from the app, which is available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Of course, coming up after the one o'clock news it is the breakfast grill replay with dato peter ung the executive chairman and founder of us uh, ucsi group <laughs> uh, a conglomerate with a presence beyond the education sector also active in the consultancy healthcare hotels property and tech space that's all coming up after the one o'clock news on behalf of myself and roshan this has been enterprise biz bites here on bfm 89.9 this BFM Budget 2024 special was brought to you by Marsing. Reinvent spaces, enhance life. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.